With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Good morning, everyone, and happy Thursday to all of you. It's Common Sense Radio. Allman in the morning. Jamie Allman here with you. And, yeah, want to let you know that as we get into springtime here, We're going to have a special event coming to you on the 6th of June where I am going to be hosting Clay, uh, well, almost Buck Sexton here in St. Louis. So you guys know the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. So the great Buck Sexton, I'm going to be bringing in here uh, for an appearance. We do not, we're not going to release the location yet. I just want you guys to save the date of June 6th and we kind of, Love this Almond speaker series that we're going to continue to do throughout the years. But uh, Buck is a great guy. He's going to be here on the 6th of June. So I'm bringing him in, and we're going to have a little party. So make sure you save the date for June 6th. The world-famous Buck Sexton going to be in St. Louis here. And then we'll let you know the location and all the other details. But it is the 6th of June, so just make sure you save that date. And Buck and I are going to have some laughs and tackle some stuff and be with you and have an almond in the morning evening on June 6th. So it will be in the evening of, of, of that day. So uh, just make sure you're, you're able to, to be there hopefully. All right. And I'll, I'll give you more details as we, as we move on into the, uh, into the next couple of weeks, because we'll have more details on where, where we're going to be and everything else, but just save the date of June 6th for the great Buck Sexton, who's going to be here in St. Louis. I'll be bringing him in, and we'll be having some fun, and it's going to be one big happy family with the Almond of the Morning family in 104.9 The Patriot. All right, so kind of odd that we get to a point where the national news media, the mainstream media, is actually now coming to the defense of national public radio, and public TV. I mean, because if I'm CBS or NBC and public television is basically taking money from the government, basically being state-run TV and radio, I, I, I don't like it because I don't want my tax dollars supporting this particular effort. I don't want my tax dollars going to... Uh, to, to to, to pay for some other broadcast outlet. It doesn't make any sense. It's dinosaur thinking. It, it goes back to the old days, I think, when there had to be some kind of uh, something that would be of a public broadcasting nature that would benefit society or some other nonsense like that. 
and it's outdated. It's it's overblown. Elon Musk, in his brilliance, decided to label National Public Radio as state-run media on Twitter. Uh, and they didn't like that. And so they decided that they were going to not post on Twitter anymore. And that became the big story on CBS News. National Public Radio told its nearly 9 million followers on Twitter today that it's quitting the platform owned by Elon Musk. Twitter labeled NPR's main account as state-affiliated media, later changing it to government-funded media, which NPR says undermined its editorial independence. <laughs> what what <laughs> undermines its editorial independence more than just simply stealing people's tax dollars? And, and being a coddled little pacified baby of the state. Uh, that, that has undermined, in my opinion, its editorial content. And it comes as Musk, in a rare interview, revealed he would sell Twitter to the right owner. Here's CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti. In a wide-ranging interview with CBS News partner the BBC, Elon Musk addressed a tidal wave of controversy and missteps. The pain level of Twitter has been extremely high. Um, this hasn't been some sort of party. Um, so uh, it's been really quite a stressful situation. Critics say after laying off nearly 80% of Twitter staff, the site has been plagued with operational problems, what Musk dismissed as glitches. He also pushed back on claims of rampant misinformation on the site. So we get this attack on Elon Musk uh, as they whine about what has happened to NPR. And, of course, you have to understand that and both NPR and CBS and NBC and all the other major outlets, they don't like Twitter, and they never have, much the same way they didn't like Trump, and they never have, because they want to be able to control the messaging. They want to be able to control what you hear. They don't want a politician, any politician for that matter, going on Twitter and not through them. It was the same thing that happened to FDR during his time when he came up with the fireside chats. It was a really big, important deal. It was FDR associating with Americans without any intermediary. It was great as far as communication goes, and Americans loved it. But the media hated it even back then because in their mind, FDR had to kiss their ring and submit his comments, and they would then transfer them to the public. Uh, FDR could not be his own voice because, after all, the major networks and the newspapers, they were the voice. They, after all, who, who else in, the, in, in God's world would ever call themselves the fourth estate, for crying out loud? That should have told you everything you needed to know about the media's sense of self-importance. Yeah, we're, well, we're the fourth of state. We're the beacons of truth. Die, truth, die. I mean, these people in the media are so full of themselves, uh, in the mainstream media, they're so full of themselves, and they, they think, look at all the, like the promos you see, you know. We're seeking justice for you. We're looking, we're doing it. It's like, you, I don't, you don't need to seek justice for me. I don't even know who you are. You know, but but it's all, you know, we have nothing but the truth. It's like, oh, shut. 
but they they honestly that's that's the that's what they've taken on. I mean, try going up against the mainstream media every once in a while, and you'll see the kind of blowback and hate that they will have for you. Try expressing yourself in any way, shape, or form. They'll go after whatever platform you're on. Similarly, Twitter, uh, of course, they're jealous of Elon Musk. Elon Musk is able to do uh, with uh, a very uh, lean staff and lean budget what they could only hope to do in terms of their reach to people and everything else. I mean, these people are dealing. You've got to realize that CBS News, basically a victory for CBS News or any news show, is having like 1.5 million viewers. This is a country of 30, 331 million people. Hardly anybody pays attention to these outlets. One point, I don't even know what percentage that is, but 1.5 million people, that, that, that will give you a number one slot on cable news or any other news outlet. Uh, and and uh, imagine that as a percentage of 331 million people. Or let's just say, you can, you can downsize a little bit because about 80% of the country are adults and 20% are, are kids, kids. But, I mean, there's, there's, it's hardly anything. But their level of self-importance is so large. Look what happens. One of the things that CBS News didn't mention was the BBC interview E, uh, interviewer, getting his butt handed to him by the interviewee, Elon Musk. When uh, this BBC journalist declares that there's been a rise in hateful content on Twitter since Elon took over. And listen to how it goes. Content you don't like or, or hateful? What do you mean to describe a hateful thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, just content that will solicit a reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist, those kinds of, those kinds of things. So you think if I'm, something is slightly sexist, it should be banned? I, no, is that I'm what not, you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm saying. Well, I'm just curious. What you, I'm, I'm trying to understand what you mean by hateful con content, and I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and if, and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me. You've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more. It, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's but, why I'm asking for examples. Can, right. you, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't need. I, I, honestly, you I don't. You can't name I, a single example. I'll tell you why. Because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore. Because I, I just don't particularly like. I mean, it. listen to this. This guy is getting ripped and torn to shreds by Elon Musk just simply asking. So what do you mean? And now, now he's claiming that. Well, I actually haven't been on Twitter in four months. You actually, said a lot of people. A lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only. Well, well, I only look well, at hang my, on a second. My you said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example. Not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I, well, then I how did you see the hateful content? content? Because I've been, I've been using, I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen the euphoria you hateful content. And I'm asking for one example. Right. And, and I, you can't I, give us a single I, one. And, and, and I'm saying, I, then I, I say, sir, that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? <laughs> yes, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed, you just lied. What no, no, what I claim was. Uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether whether it has on my feed or not, 
I mean, I, right, and Literally if you, you look at something one. like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, U in the UK, they will say that. So they, Look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right, and as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then how let, would you know? Let, that I don't you, think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content and then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I, That's haven't, absurd. I, haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. I then how would you know this hateful content? Because I'm saying, that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. let's move on. Wasn't that incredible? Because, uh, and that's the first time, I think probably in BBC history, that the interviewer has ended an interview as opposed to the interviewee. That was great, and that's why Many of these news organizations are so jealous of Elon Musk because he doesn't let them get away with their lies and their propaganda. That was epic and left out of the CBS News story. Good morning. It's Allman in the morning. It's Common Sense Radio. Jamie Allman here. Your phone calls are welcome. 314-566-6104 would be the number for you to call. All right, so uh, you, I played for you this amazing bit from RFK Jr. on the plot regarding COVID, which was a plot hatched years ago uh, and, and, and then solidified through these pandemic run-throughs and exercises that took place in New York with all the media outlets and Bill Gates and the others and all they did was come up with ways to basically shut down and control the country instead of keep the country from getting COVID. So it was one of those things off the races. You're well aware of what he has has to say uh, about that. Well, now he has received he's running for president and he on the Democrat side and he has received his first major endorsement. And that's from Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> The Packers quarterback. So uh, the NFL's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is pretty cool and uh, not really well liked among the uh, left wing woke NFL people. Uh, but he has endorsed uh, RFK uh, for Prez. Speaking of the Kennedys. All right. I have to admit. And maybe you will, too, that back in the day. Some people thought and, and I was among those that Ron Paul was a little off. Remember those days? Even just going back to 2012 when he was running for president, I remember covering that. I remember covering some of the Ron Paul supporters versus the Romney supporters out in St. Charles, for instance. And there was kind of like a, um, uh, kind of a clash between these two. And it was really uncomfortable uh, and to tell you the truth, I was more inclined to be among the Romney camp people as opposed to the Ron Paul people. But I stood up for the Ron Paul people because the Romney people were all shutting them out. Uh, they, they were all they, they I remember this. And, and so I, I was I was uh, somewhat defensive of the Ron Paul people because it was one of these uh, delegate conventions like out in St. Charles. I can't really remember all the the exact details of the whole thing. Uh, but but nonetheless, the Ron Paul people were being cheated, in my opinion, and I, I was with them on that. Anyway, even still thinking that Ron Paul was kind of a kook. 
because he talked about the Federal Reserve. He talked about the United Nations. You know, he, he talked about things like that. And, and, and everyone thought, well, he's kind of off the grid. And, and that was back in the day when, you know, you had the, the Bush people and that kind of hold on some conservatives and, and, and tr- had been tricking us into believing that there was a, uh, that, you know, sending kids to die for oil was virtuous and that globalist trade deals were actually helpful to America when they actually were not. There's all kinds of deception going on. And we didn't realize that a lot of us didn't realize that we were being had. And that's how it went. But Ron Paul has been talking about this for a while. And in fact, even warning us about the, uh, the coup, the American coup. Uh, that was perpetrated by many people in the deep state and beyond. And here, in just a short little segment, he he, he details it. But I will tell you uh, that going way back, even to the days of Donald Trump, it became very apparent that the only thing that I really still cling to is the possibility we actually did land on the moon. Everything else... I'm open to every conspiracy theory on the books because I never thought that our government would behave in the way that's behaving now. I never thought in a million years that the FBI would actually be plotting against a president of the United States in the form of Donald J. Trump. I never imagined in a million years that would ever happen. I, I, I never I never imagined, even fast forward to now, that the FBI would be trying to infiltrate churches. I mean, you could, you could name a list of 25 things that you never imagined your government would be doing that they have actually already done because you trusted government. You, you trusted, well, certain elements of it. You trusted certain institutions and that kind of thing. But you never really would, would imagine the, the hatred. I, I had no idea that the FBI and the CIA and Homeland Security hated me so much. I never had any idea because they would always present themselves as people who were supposedly protecting us when, in fact, they were doing everything but. They were working against us the whole time. Ron Paul. You know, there's been a coup. The takeover, we don't have any resemblance uh, to a government that believes in a republic. We don't have honest money. We don't have integrity. We don't even have people in Washington that even pretends, you know, that you're supposed to tell the truth. You know, remember just recently there was a congressperson that won, and he, he won by putting on his resume just a bunch of lies. <laughs> and 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 the, the other ones got hysterical. The other congressman telling lies like this. And I got to thinking, well, how many of these people that were complaining about this guy telling lies, how many of them lied when they raised their hand up and swore to uphold the Constitution? Now, that's a lie that really has consequences. Actually, you could probably uh, make fun and make a little joke because his jokes weren't, everybody knew he was fibbing, but uh, the Real lies are, are being told, and, and that is our big problem. But I do believe there has been a coup, and it's been taken over. And if I want to, if I can, I want to just put the date in my mind, and you, anybody could pick probably any date in the last hundred years. But I have picked, uh, I have picked November 22nd, 1963. What happened on that day? That was the day Kennedy was murdered by our 
our government. Wow. You know, by the CIA. Yeah. And, and I have no doubt that John Kennedy was murdered by the government. And in fact, I'm in a situation where uh, at this point, the CIA and the government actually, I, I, I presume them to be guilty. And I know that's generally not the American way, but at this point, um, I, I need proof that they didn't kill John Kennedy. <laughs> that, that's all I'm saying. And I, and I think the government killed Kennedy. I think they killed Robert Kennedy. I think they killed FD, uh, uh, Martin Luther King. I think they killed Malcolm X. Uh, name, name anybody else. They probably shot George Wallace, for crying out loud. But it, nothing is what it appears to be. It's really crazy. All right, Roy O'Neill. There's a brand new drug hitting the street. Uh, not good news, but Roy's going to tell us all about it. Coming up. Almond in the morning at large correspondent Rory O'Neill, who I think is secretly jealous that he's not covering the president over there in Ireland. I, I think that's where you belong. I know you know you. I know you feel oh, that no. way. Yeah, two things. One, I'm a large correspondent, not at large. And the <laughs> second one is, uh, yeah, I'm not secretly jealous. I am jealous, flat out, <laughs> for all the world to see. Yeah, I mean, well, he's, of course, you've been there, right? Yeah. Yep. I'm a citizen. I have my citizenship there. Oh, of course. That's right. I, I forgot even all about that. Yep. Uh, and, right. and since you're a citizen, then do you get uh, do you get back there often? Uh, I try to. I, I haven't been in about uh, I went once. Yeah, it's been about a year and a half, two years. Well, I yesterday, because, of course, I see everything through the lens of television commercials I watched as a kid. I was uh, making fun of the Irish Spring soap, and that dude who used to <laughs> take a pocket knife to it and cut it. You know, remember that? Yeah, and, sure. And, and I wound up uh, in this rabbit hole with this uh, woman who did a 10-minute tape of all the varying ways you can utilize uh, – uh, little flakes of Irish spring, whether it be as a bug repellent or a uh, garden refresher wow. or, or to, or to grow grass. It's like, it was crazy. She, she used, she grated a bar of soap with a cheese grater and let her rip. It was crazy. So, you know, and see, that's what YouTube does to you, right? I know. <laughs> you just go down these rabbit holes and suddenly an hour went by. You're like, Oh, right. I was supposed to be doing my taxes, but instead. Yeah. Well, and, and also it was interesting because, it was, I don't know, sometimes those people on the correspondent side, I, know, I realize you would probably ask him better questions, but yesterday they were all asking him, hey, what's it, how's, uh, what do you think about the wind? I'm like, oh, gee, whiz, I mean, come on, <laughs> you know. All right, on a more serious note. Uh, At least that's a question you could probably answer. Yeah, yes, <laughs> that is true. So uh, this new drug, what is this? Yes, well, it's actually it's an old drug. What's happening is, though, it's an old drug used in veterinary medicine as a tranquilizer. An animal tranquilizer is now being used in fentanyl. So it's a one-two punch there. It's called Trank or uh, Trank Dope or Zombie Heroin. Those are some of the names that are out there. The animal tranquilizer is xylazine. It's been around since the 1970s. Uh, again, used as an animal tranquilizer, but now it's showing up in fentanyl uh, with deadly consequences. You know, in 2020, the drug was responsible for about 800 deaths, mostly in the Northeast. But just a year later, 
more than 3,000 fatalities and mostly in the South. So you can see how this is moving across the country. So back in the day, uh, back in the 70s, there was a drug that was marketed to humans uh, under the word uh, named Quaalude. Sure. And, and, and I thought that was like a heart medicine or something of that nature, but also was actually used also as a horse tranquilizer. I'm assuming there's a little bit of, of that, uh, that so that, that humans have sometimes ingested horse tranquilizer type stuff. Right. Oh, yeah, like ketamine and other stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, drugs that have been, well, I'm sure they're drugs that were intended for human use, but then, you know, didn't qualify or, you know, found better applications among animal populations. Uh, and that was the case here with this one. Again, 1972, it was approved uh, for veterinary use by the FDA, but now it's showing up in street drugs. So I'm trying to figure out what, and I don't know, I can't get in the mind of somebody in a cartel or whatever it is, I'm trying to figure out what would be the, what's the allure of uh, having something that basically just knocks you out. Right, especially when fentanyl is already so powerful, so ridiculously powerful. Uh, this, though, it can lengthen the duration uh, of taking drugs of a high or a low in this case, and that's part of it as well. Problem is, this is a tranquilizer, so it depresses your breathing, uh, and it also has the side effect of causing these skin ulcers uh, and sores that oftentimes lead to amputation because they don't heal. She whiz. So now, what? So one of the other side effects now is, is amputees and amputations, uh, and, and that's a growing problem if you don't already die from these two drugs. Oh, man. I mean, that just gets infested with amounts of like one-legged drug addicts. It's crazy. Right. Makes you want to take it, doesn't it? I, yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking that I, I'm wondering if we could just go back in time and just introduce these uh, people to just like a good scotch or something. I mean, <laughs> don't, you, don't you know there's another option out there, you know? Yeah, it's uh, it's. But I mean, that's that's the terrifying part of addiction. And we all know we all have family or friends yeah. that have been caught up in this. And you know, what happens is, you know, these uh, these other drugs get laced with these other drugs, and you don't, you know, people don't know what they're ingesting at all. So they may not intend to be buying this stuff, but that's what they get. Yeah, so I think street drug fentanyl. They say now is in every street drug. It is in all of them. Wow, man, that's scary too. Considering it's uh, it's. Fatal nature, uh, and and I guess you know back in the day. Speaking of that addiction that you that you can physically see deterioration. I mean, meth was mm -hmm. a great example of that. I don't I don't meth isn't as as prolific as it used to be, at least in Missouri. And so that's your, to your point about addiction. You like watching people, and that you can they, it's clear what it's doing to you, but you can't get away from it. Right. And, you know, a lot of people also try to steer away from injectable drugs and said would prefer something in a pill form like this would be. Uh, so th that also helps it spread faster. And look, people are buying, people think they're buying. Look, let, let's look, talk about our email inboxes, right? As men, we get all those things for, you know, discount pill to do this and that. And if people buy it, you don't know what you're getting. And you know, the, some of these dangerous, dangerous drugs are in that little fake blue pill. Wow. Uh, that, that, is, that is crazy. All right. Well, uh, Roy O'Neill, uh, I hope you have a great uh, rest of your day and appreciate you. And uh, maybe you could just live vicariously through uh, Joe Biden over there in, in Ireland, I'm sure.
I'm sure you could probably come It'll up with be a better, a better. I take, I take that seat on Air Force One in the back is fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, buddy. That is uh, Roy O'Neill, uh, the official Almond in the Morning correspondent for you. Yeah, did you see that? By the way, speaking of uh, the, did you see that s- somebody dropped Joe Biden's itinerary uh, on the street in Ireland? Somebody like picked it up and you know found out the, the hotel he's staying. And and everything else, and uh, it was it was uh, beyond the realm of comprehension uh, to to see that, and, and it created actually kind of on a serious note. Even though I made fun of it on Facebook, on a serious note, it created kind of a a conundrum for the Secret Service because now everybody knows exactly where where it was. But I put up on Facebook, and and I don't know whether you've answered the question or not because uh, it's a new question for Family Feud. Uh, this fell out of Hunter Biden's pocket as he was paying the blank. Survey says, well, most, I'll show you, I'll show you what some people put down. Um, <laughs> and of course it's, it's, uh, it's all saucy as, as, as you would expect. Uh, and TJ mentioned crack dealer, but yeah, I'm, I'm speaking of drug addicts and all that kind of stuff. And we all have sympathy for people in that mode. I'm not quite sure what drug this woman was on, though. This is in Ohio. She went to Target and had a $1,000 grocery bill. And guess what happened? According to the manager's statement, a cashier called over the manager, where the suspect was kind of whispering, asking her to make reparations regarding her groceries of over $1,000. Yeah. So this woman, she's black. She goes to Target, racks up a $1,000 grocery bill at Target. I'm not quite sure how you do that, but I guess these days it might be easier to do than you'd think it would. And she goes and goes to the checkout place and says that um, she's demanding that Target absorb the costs in, in the name of reparations. So it's it's starting. You don't think that that you don't think that talk of reparations has created this kind of monster and so the target people are like going, well, no, we're not, um, we're not going to do that. They didn't get into anything about like, well, we're, we haven't been slaveholders and target was formed well after slavery and all this kind of stuff. But she kept backing up the manager, like, like pushing her and getting in her face. And then there was a security guard where she did the same thing uh, to that person. And the security guard punched her in the face and say no this is this is over your your time here is is done that's all i'm saying all right many of you chiming in on the irish spring thing it's apparently a deal i was kind of making fun of the lady cuz i mean it was 10 minutes of like 25 different uses for irish spring soap flakes i mean she you got to hand it to her she was absolutely ingenious uh, but some of you, even on the Facebook page, and please, please like and share the page if you can for me, if you don't mind, uh, are saying, for instance, you use it to uh, run off chipmunks and things like that. Apparently, it works in gardens, and 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 bugs apparently uh, don't like it, and uh, and and so and she uses it in in uh, when she sits outside. She's got like a little thing that she uses where she sits next to that, and it kind of keeps the keeps the bugs away from her. So. Uh, she puts it put puts it in a spray bottle with water and sprays it all over everything. It's crazy. Her whole house obviously smells like Irish Spring, but 
at least she doesn't have chipmunks or bugs around, right? 314-566-6104. Good morning, everyone. It's Common Sense Radio, Almond in the Morning. Jamie Almond here. And I guess maybe it's because Tim Scott is not Donald Trump that uh, an outlet like CNN has given this much time. I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm glad for it. I think, I think uh, Tim Scott's a great guy. Scott Jennings is the Republican, I guess the, the, or the person who's supposed to be the Republican on CNN. You never know. So far, he's kind of, I think he's stayed true to the course. He hasn't been watered down a whole lot. He hasn't become, you know, Rick Santorum or whatever. Uh, but CNN gave him five minutes of airtime to tout the virtues of Tim Scott, which uh, is amazing considering CNN tries so hard to really bolster the Democrat Party, not the Republican Party. But I guess this is a fresh we, we breath of fresh air. Mature leadership. That's right. In a time of crisis. We need folks who are not focusing on each other, ourselves as leaders, but people who are focusing on the problem and who it affects the most. And that's never the leader. That South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, Republican, who did that interview last week, but reposted the clip on Twitter just hours before he announced that he plans to launch an exploratory committee for president. Scott, obviously this is not a huge surprise to people, but this would be the next formal step for Senator Scott to take. Is there room for him in this 2024 race? What is What does that look like for him, do you think? Well, I certainly think there's room for Tim Scott. He's one of the most uh, well-liked and beloved Republicans in the country. I mean, everywhere he speaks, everywhere he goes, uh, people love uh, what Tim Scott has to say. And- well, um, I-, I like him, and I think he's good. I think S- Scott Jennings is the most beloved Republican in the country. I think most people don't know who Tim Scott is. Uh, and and I, I mean, I, I wish more people did know who he is. But I mean, let's not let's not go overboard here on on Tim Scott. Okay? What he represents, he'll be probably the most optimistic person in the race. You know, he always presents the Republican Party, the GOP as the grand opportunity party. He talks about America. Yeah. I um, And again, I, I'm not nothing against Tim Scott, but uh the we don't need an optimistic leader. We need a leader who believes in this country and, and believes in us as individuals. And and optimism has never filled a gas tank. It has uh, never kept our men and women out of war for oil, and it has never created jobs. And I'm I'm just I'm just telling you. You know, these Republicans, you guys, uh, I, I realize you, you, you got to talk about the issues and the, and the problem with the Republicans who currently are announcing, whether it be Nikki Haley or Mike Pence or Tim Scott and these guys, is, is that you're talking in in platitudes. And again, this is Scott Jennings talking for him. So but you, you got you can't talk in platitudes. We're done with platitudes. We've heard platitudes before. You can't talk in code, and, and, and we're not going to buy into just you saying something like, we need more optimism, or we need more compassion, or that's, that's not what's going on here, and that's, where, that's not where most Americans are. Uh, we need a new generation, and it's like, tell me what you're going to do. And here's the problem that they have, 
in in their strategies is whenever they tell you if they actually got precise about what they're going to do, they're going to have to admit, and it's going to be plain, that Donald Trump has already done it once, and it's been unraveled. So that's why you're seeing a lot of these Republican candidates speaking in these lofty kind of pablamy, bumper stickery type of language, because once they start to get precise, like if they say, we need to make America more oil independent. Well, Donald Trump's already done that once. We need to uh, bring back small community banks and, and, and to help manufacturing and small business. Donald Trump's already done that. We, we need to make sure that we don't get involved in foreign wars where we don't belong. We're not America's, uh, you know, in case of fire, break glass country. Well, Donald Trump has already said that. We need to be more independent from NATO and these Western European countries who are, who are uh, sucking us into these agreements that are hurting jobs. Well, Donald Trump's already done that. So that's why you're seeing these people as they go out there. And again, all due respect to, to Tim Scott and Nikki Haley and Mike Pence and these guys, but you got to be more precise. I think Americans need that and actually deserve that instead of you dancing around all these little pablamy, bumper stickery, uh, sanctimonious, uh, lofty goals that, that haven't actually created anything. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just giving them advice. Uh, but I realize you're kind of on that landmine that only blows up when you get off of it. You start talking details, and then suddenly it becomes apparent that President Trump has already done that one time. At the very least, tell him you're just going to do it again. Wouldn't that be okay? You okay. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.